gaggers. Another week. Don't worry, guys. I'm not going to make you jump into the danger zone. At least not yet, anyway. <laughs> we are Lollygagging Sports. As usual, I am Bo Reed along with Samantha Button and Matthew Irby. We're going to talk a little baseball on the show because, you know, we have that lovely break, Samantha, in between Conference Championship Sunday and the Super Bowl. So we actually get to talk some baseball this week. I know you're excited about that. I am so happy to be talking about not football. Very exciting for me. <laughs> so really anything would have done. Like, like you know, basketball. It would have, although base. <laughs> yeah, I mean, pretty much, pretty much anything. But yeah, you know, I'm always down to talk baseball, no matter the time of the year. So very exciting. <laughs> very, biathlon? Very exciting. You want to talk some biathlon? You can play biathlon, can't you, right now? With what's going on in North Texas? That's true. I can play some biathlon. <laughs> Samantha, would you like me and the kids to play biathlon with Nerf guns? And talk about that. Maybe? I mean, I'd like to see that. I mean, I'm not opposed to it. <laughs> okay. Writing that down for my Thursday. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So before we get into some of these rule changes um, that uh, – baseball is putting in for this season. Uh, Samantha, I did want to bring this up because I, I noticed something in, in the, in the schedule for, for opening weekend. Um, you know, good news, you know, it opens March 30th. So we're, we're, we're opening in March, which is always fun. Everyone is going to play opening day. We don't have that weird night before followed by half a league. And then a day later we have the other half of the league. We don't have that either, but they still kept the day after opening day off for quite a few clubs, including including you know the, the Rangers in Arlington who have a retractable roof now. Maybe the maybe the commissioner's office didn't get that memo. Uh, the schedulers didn't get that memo. But it seems absurd to me that we're, they, you're going to open and then the next day, well, the Phillies and the Rangers are off and. Back at it on Saturday. Why aren't they playing on Friday? I, I need to know. I need to answer this question because it's not like it's going to be ringed out. So. Yeah, I mean, everybody hates this, right? Like, you're so excited. You finally get baseball. And then you have an update the next day. It's terrible. And I, I understand that it is there often or it has always been traditionally understood to be there because if opening day rains out, you need somewhere to put it so that everybody doesn't freak out because we bought tickets to opening day and now this game is being made up in July and now there is no opening day. Like, I get it. Except that now we have a huge slate of teams playing indoors or in the South that are off on Friday, which makes no sense. So what are we doing here? I, I don't I don't know anymore. I don't know what they're doing. It's like they couldn't get past the fact that we used to take this day off because of this thing. And it's like, but, like, I mean, like you said, look at Texas. I mean, if they have a booth, they can still play. I'm not sure why we're doing this. Uh, <laughs> You're one of the teams, you know, the Cleveland's one of the teams that doesn't have the day after off, right? Right, they're playing in Seattle. Oh, okay. 
So okay. theoretically, that does make sense. It's just that I'm sure it was not I, what? because it made sense. It was done randomly. <laughs> I mean, so. I'm glad you said theoretically because, Irby, I remember a game very clearly in the early 2000s. We were, you know, the Rangers were in Safeco. At the time, it was Safeco Field. Now it's T-Mobile Field. There was a leak in the roof. So there was an actual rain delay and a retractable roof save. So it could happen. But... Beyond that point, like, what do you think here? Are you like, why, why are we still doing this? Why, why are we in an age where half the league has some sort of like a retractable roof or a, or a, a dome? Are we still doing this, this day after opening day off? I need to go to Rob Manfred. Is that, is that good enough? Can I, just, can I just put it all on him? On this program, that's <laughs> always good enough. <laughs> yeah, you know, the, you, you get you, you're juggling about the Cleveland Seattle one there, but uh, San Diego's hosting Colorado, so Manfred's so messed up, he may get rain in San Diego and ruin opening day for them. It's really a possibility, man. I don't. I uh, I am I'm. What what do we say? It's the year of joy, right? We're choosing joy. I'm excited that all 30 teams are playing on Thursday the 30th. So I'm going to run with that. That's exciting. But they're all playing there. <laughs> all right. Okay. Well, let's get into some of these rules changes uh, for 2023. Now, you know, this has been out there long enough. Everyone knows what they are. We're going to have restrictions on the shift. We're going to have larger bases. We're going to have a pitch clock. Let's talk about the effect here, Samantha. And let, let's start with the shift restrictions. How much of an impact do you think that's going to have? I know, I know there's, there already, there's already lists popping up all over the internet about the, the player with the most hits rod by the shift, which is a ridiculous list in and of, of itself. But that seems to be the talking point is now all of a sudden all of these, these left-handed hitters that have been hitting into the shift are suddenly going to hit 500. Yeah, I mean, I think the answer is that it's not going to have as big of an impact as a lot of people think. Um, for one thing, I mean, it just, I think it goes without saying, but just in case, just a reminder, as you know, as you alluded to, it's a shift restriction, not a shift ban. So you can still shift technically. It's just going to cost you more because for example, you could, let's say, take your left fielder and, and stick him on the, the other side, stick him in short right field. Right. But now you would have to leave all of the left side of the outfield completely empty because you can't just move your third baseman back, right? So that's one example. So that's part of it. So the shift can still happen within reason. It just can't happen without greater potential cost. So that's good, right? Like that will help. That will absolutely help. But I think everybody is under sort of a mistaken impression that like every left-handed batter, we're not only going to talk about righties here because the shift has never been very effective against righties. So, but Everybody thinks that, like, every left-handed hitter's numbers are just going to skyrocket, and that's probably not what's going to happen. I think there will be guys who will benefit from it, um, particularly, you know, left-handed dead full hitters, but <laughs> there are some, I think, top factors to take into consideration here. The other important thing to think about is that it doesn't guarantee that everything that was an out because of the shift is now a hit, because... Defenders still make great plays. You can still position yourself well to a certain hitter's tendencies. And also, I mean, all you have to do is kind of look at some stray charts to know it's not like the guy can just drop it into the same place every time, right? If he did, then you'd just stick a fielder there, and that would be the end of that, and there would never be the need to be a shift, right? So it's not a guarantee that everything that was an out because of the shift is now a hit, 
because hitters are going to adapt what they do, but so are defenders. So, and, and there's going to be someone will find some loophole in this somewhere. You know, we've talked about the joke of like the, you know, number of cleats in the dirt for infielders and like, just, just wait, just wait till somebody decides to pick up a pile of dirt and carry it out into the outfield and stick it there and step on it. Like it's, <laughs> it's going to happen. But I, I think it's that it's number one, it's going to be very difficult to tell how big the impact of this is when you have multiple rule changes at once. It's hard to quantify that. Right. We also don't know what kind of ball we're dealing with and won't know until like probably June or July, whenever somebody's collected and hacked enough of them open <laughs> to see what we're dealing with. But um, but yeah, it, it will have an impact, and I would like to think it will be a positive one. But it's not going to be as dramatic <laughs> as I think people are thinking. Like I, I just like you, you know, Anthony Rizzo is not going to bat anytime now, guys. It's not always going to work. No, <laughs> I got to tell you though. <laughs> <laughs> you talk about just grabbing some dirt taking it to the outfield. I just had this thought of uh, of uh, Captain Jack Sparrow when he's got his thing of dirt. Oh, I got a jar of dirt. I got yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just imagine one of these players doing that. I got a jar of dirt. I can stand here. <laughs> That's perfect. Irby, about you? Any thoughts here on this one? Do you also have a jar of dirt? I, I am dancing in place with it. I got a dirt. I got a dirt. Yeah, it's fantastic. Uh, yeah, this is. I agree with you guys. The Deadpool guys, the the you know, Rizzo, and you could throw that one. Joey Gallo. I know was a bit another popular one. Not going to change as much as you think. It's going to be the uh, the contact hitters, the ones that still can go up the middle, the ones that still can place the ball on the left side. Those are the left handed hitters where you're going to see. Not a dramatic, the biggest change. I don't think it'll be a dramatic uh, 15 points. Uh, 15 points could be a big deal throughout an entire season. So that's, 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 I think, the upside of what we're going to see. The drama, politics, BS that comes with it um, will be just as much fun to watch because we don't regulate the infield dirt, correct? The dimensions of how far the infield goes. I mean, I, you know, that's where this gets interesting. Is somebody going to have, because we don't regulate the outfield walls, so are we going to start regulating the infield? You know, stuff like that. Um, I, I, I'm already thinking of ways that the Astros are going to cheat around this by <laughs> playing on an all-dirt field. Yeah, there's an all-dirt field. I mean, that's the thing. Like, I guess we couldn't have done this when we were still playing baseball games on football fields because you had dirt in the outfield. So, I... Uh, <laughs> Uh, What happens if a patch of grass in the outfield dies? Because we had a dead spot in the outfield. That's true. Progressive field for years. I mean, there was a dead spot in left field. So couldn't you just go ahead and stick that third baseman directly on top of that dead spot? As long as he has a foot in there at the time. And is that the thing? Is it it at the time that the ball is released? Um, Because that's that's where the penalty is. Okay, so when the time of the race... So are we literally going to have a third baseman, or you know, probably third baseman's aren't as quick, so a shortstop who's going to be like sprinting towards second base as the pitch is being thrown, and he keeps passing second base as the ball is thrown? Because how long before somebody whines about that? Well, that's distracting. Well, they don't have to stand still. Like, I, uh, I get what they're trying to do. I just, I don't know. Is I don't know. I kind of want to. Is it a complete foot? Like the entire foot has to be in in the dead spot in the outfield? 
Or I don't think Major League Baseball knows. That's the problem. Okay, when you rule chain and you don't complete, completely <laughs> talk about the rules, I don't think they know. I think they're more, well, let's put this out there and see what happens. Like, <laughs> like we're literally throwing on a wall and seeing it, see if it sticks. What if you take one shoe off? There you go. There you go. And, and leave the shoe at third base, and then you go right. play out there shoeless. Yeah, exactly. I think shoeless, jo- exactly. shoeless Joe Jackson would have done really well in this. I know that's Smith, but whatever. <laughs> I, I'm I'm here for I don't know who, who's a, who's a great uh, Alejandro Kirk out there shoeless Alejandro like shoeless bowling ball somehow out there. He was technically left a cleat in the dirt. They did not specify huh. that it had to be every single cleat in both shoes. That's not in the rule book. It's not there. Mm-hmm. Bring in a wide receivers coach to teach him how to drag the toe. It's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that would be. <laughs> well, oh, can, can we talk about also like the fact that like people are free to change their park dimensions every year as well, which at the very least muddies the water on what's effective because like look what they're doing in Toronto right now, right? Like they move the fences in, but they also raise the wall. So okay, so you're looking basically to cut down on line drive home runs and shrink the power alleys and cut down on doubles, but you're trying to increase home runs that you believe will be hit at a high launch angle, right? That's oddly specific. It's mm-hmm. weird. But when you put it together with this, you're like, okay, well, maybe they were being strategic about this with respect to the new rules. I actually don't think that's what they're doing. I think they're just trying to do what everybody does when they're moving their fences, which is accommodate their specific lineup and create a disadvantage for perhaps the opponents in their division who they see most frequently. But, like, when you put that together with this, it's like, okay, well, that's another thing you're going to have to take into consideration. Like, well, did, did that then affect it? Do we have to throw out all the games in the parks where anybody has different fences? I mean, Detroit changed theirs as well this year. Mm-hmm. So do we have to throw those out as, like, a control for whether this is working? Yes. I can I can I give a serious answer and then also be a, a, an a hole about it. Of course. <laughs> yes. I, so the rule on the fences, like you can set it before the season, then you can't move it at all during the season. Correct. I'm, I'm a little afraid so, of the answer yeah, there. Cor- correct. Yeah, you, you can't change it <laughs> mid season. Although I mean, I do think there's also an argument about like. Do we need to set a limit? Like you can only do this once every ten years, or once every yes. ten years, well, or whatever. That's like, the. Like, the Detroit one was great. We saw Miguel Cabrera when that announcement. He said, they're going, uh, that would have been nice. I could have extended my career. <laughs> um, but no, where, where does it end? Because, yes, this is becoming, you are setting it up based upon the lineup you're going to run out there that season. You know, based upon who we have, we're going to do this, and now we're going to alter this, and then we're going to raise this and all that. Pretty soon, we're going to have home run fences with holes in them. <laughs> yeah, there's going to be, like, three giant holes in the red, in the, uh, in the green monster. And if you hit it through there, well, it went over the fence, technically. You know, it's, it's on the other side of the fence without touching anything. So is that a home run? We just have to put the yellow line around the hole. I, I, again, I'm being an a-hole, but I don't think Manfred can tell me I can't do that. <laughs> Sorry, you just got me thinking about what would happen if the ball went through a hole in the, in the green monster. Oh boy, uh, Samantha! Anything you want to add there before we go over the uh, to the uh, the size of bases? No, no. 
All right, so let's talk about the bigger bases. Uh, now, traditionally, they have been 15 inches square. They would now be 18 inches square. Home plate is unchanged. I hope they told the umpires that. Somehow I doubt that they did. Um, so th- uh, three extra inches. Depends on the ump. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Three extra inches, Samantha. How big of an impact does three inches make on the base pass? Um, I, you know, I don't think we really have any real idea if this will do, you know, the advertising. This, this will cut down on injuries. And you're like, I don't think so. Um, it does great, but I don't think that's why we're doing this, no matter what they're saying. And I, I'm not actually convinced that that is going to be, for one thing, most injuries don't occur because of that. It's usually because someone overslides um, or the throw is short or... A lot of them, you know, home plate, um, that's not any different. So not really buying that. I mean, I would like to believe, you know, probably there will be a slight uptick in stolen bases. Um, certainly, I think it incentivizes people to try a little bit more, but we don't really know, right? Like, is that three inches really going to make that much of a difference? It might, because if you think about it from a technical standpoint, it's actually six inches, right? If you're on first and you're trying to steal second, you've actually gained six inches. So to me, that, that has Four a and a half. Sorry, four and a half. Why the four and a half? Because of the angles and everything. I know, I know, I know. I'm, I'm with you too. I was because because I'm reading that now. Four and a half inch reduction. I'm like, well, how does yeah. that math work? Oh, it's the angle. Because of you're, you're expanding because you're expanding from the the points of the base, not the flat. Oh. So the flat okay. doesn't move out as much. So because of, yeah, four and a half. Still, still, I'm with you. Sorry, I just I just had to throw that. Okay, so okay, four and a half. Interesting. Okay. So that's that's significant. I mean, it's not. I mean, I I, there, I guarantee you that most teams have someone like deep 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 in their basement somewhere in their data department going back through and looking at how close people were who were caught stealing, because mm-hmm. the four and a half inches going to help you, maybe. Maybe that's what we're hoping, and I think it will to an extent. But again, it's we're not gonna see. This is not gonna be like, oh, look, it's Ricky Henderson. Oh, look, it's Kenny Lofton. Like, it's it's not going to turn back into like what we used to see on the base paths, not by any stretch. But I, I hope it helps, and I, I think it has the potential to do so. And oh, I should add, this is the rule that like no one's opposed to. Right. right. Yeah. Like, it's probably it's not. There's no way this hurts anything, and if it cuts down on injuries and increases stolen bases, I think we're all in favor of that. If it doesn't, no harm done. Or anything you add here? Yes, I'm. I'm excited about this one just because of the. Uh, I, I it encourages movement on the bases. That's where I'm excited. It's not just the stolen bases. It's not just the bang bang at first. I know that one's not going to be as much because that's not quite a three inch difference there. But it's it, it, it's the encouragement of moving, knowing that it is a little bit closer. There, it, it will in your mind, even if it's not as much of a physical thing. It is also a mental thing of bases are shorter. I got to turn this double play a little quicker. I got to do this a little bit quicker. Hey, I got a little more time. You know, the encouragement of I can get there because last time I was out by four inches. Hey, now I've got an extra four and a half. Stuff like that. That's where I'm encouraged. Two parts to that. The other part, um, curious to see with, you know, we're, we're going to talk about the pitch tower, but what's being done in the minors where you only get so many pickoffs. So once you add that in, what if we add that in with the bigger bases? Then we've got all kinds of uh, 
Yeah, they're going to be running wild on the base path. You know, I'm glad you brought that up because they are. It's part of the uh, it's part of the pitch clock rule, which we're going to talk about next. Uh, pitchers are limited to two disengagements, pickoff attempts, or step offs per plate appearance. However, the limit is reset if a runner or runner advances. Carlos Correa already used that up. Uh, probably. <laughs> Sorry, it was right there. I had to. <laughs> no, that's good. I like it. I like it. You, you got to grab the low hanging fruit. <laughs> so let's talk pitch timer. Uh, now it did. In the minor leagues, it did, on average, shorten a game by about 26 minutes. So those out there that are really wanting the game to be shortened, this might be something that works. I have some concerns, though, because there's a lot of moving parts here, a lot of 15 seconds and 20 seconds, depending on the situation. The pitcher's got to deliver. The batter's got to be in the box. And we're expecting Angel Hernandez, who can't call balls and strikes, to keep up with this. Well, I mean, that's the biggest problem here, right, is, like, who is keeping track of this? Who is then relaying the information to the next guy, to the next guy, to the next guy who has to make a decision, right? Like, this is just a whole lot of, I mean, like, literal moving parts, right? So, I mean, I guess for people like us, and I think for most, like, diehard baseball fans, we're all kind of de-incentivized to care about this because we don't actually care if games are shorter. So all we see are the problems. So, yeah, if they could work out a seamless way to do this and it shortens games, then perhaps that would be beneficial. But like we've always said, the people who think baseball's boring are not going to start watching baseball because the games are half an hour short. There will be a small contingent of people who are like, I love this. I'm glad the games are shorter. Most of us don't care. The people who hate baseball are never coming. It doesn't really matter. And it's going to create a lot of problems. And, and yeah, I mean, it, it worked in a way in minus. But, you know, that's also like lab league stuff, which is not exactly the same thing as doing it in Major League Baseball. And, you know, we've talked about this before. I think we've even talked about it on air of the whole. And how much time are we going to spend arguing about this thing? Like, what happens if there's a pitcher who's, I'm not going to say an injury because I'm sure that's an exception. But, you know, when we we play um, late in the season and early in the season and it's cold and pitchers stand out there blowing on their hands. Like, what do you think is going to happen for the first guy who sustains a hand injury and then says it was because I was cold and I didn't get a chance to warm up my hands? Everybody's going to freak out. I I don't know that this is necessarily going to shorten games with the same, um, uh, to the same extent in the majors because the stakes are higher and there's going to be a lot more arguing about it and debating it and making certain that it is 100% correct. Irby, anything you want to add to that about the pitch clock? Yeah, tons of stuff, but but we don't have all that time. No, it's this is gonna <laughs> this is this is gonna be ever developing. You know, I, I because of the issues they have with. I mean, what is it? The phrase in the batter must be in the box and alert to the pitcher by the eight second mark. Is that when it when it turns eight or when it's eight becomes a seven? And how do you define alert? I'm just, I'm just curious what we're defining as alert because I know some well, batters. How in there, accurate is it? Like, to yes. the hundredth of a second, to the thousandth of a second. Who's controlling like, the time? Is this is this more home field? Is this yeah. more home field? Yeah. No, I Major League Baseball probably will have another 80-year-old umpire out there controlling the clock, and he's, I can't restart it. Yeah, dang it. You know, I, no, this is, uh, whatever, whatever. I mean, it, sadly, this is one of those things that I think we've all seen this writing on the wall for, 
what, five years now since this was first inducted into the lower A, lower A ball. So we've all kind of seen this writing on the wall and been following it there, and we knew this was going to happen because, Smith, you made a good point about the time. It, it will shorten some games, but there will be games that will go longer because of issues, because of headaches, because of confusion. I mean, it, and how long before an October game is decided by .005 seconds of a batter in a box or not, but he tried three, he was in the box. I, I mean, all those things of like, no, stop it. <laughs> Any final thoughts on this one, Samantha, before we get into uh, into our time capsule? Anything, anything on the rule changes we haven't talked about yet? I feel like there's going to be at least one disaster where somehow this changes the outcome of a game and everybody's going to flip out. <laughs> and we're here for it. Got my popcorn ready for it. Same. Same. I'm ready. I'm ready. I, I, you know what? I'll double down. Can we, can we turn this into a parlay? Because uh, I've got yeah. this. <laughs> I've, I mean, I've got pitch clock. <laughs> Pitch clock, Astros, Dusty Baker gets tossed. Okay, that, that's what I got right now in my parlay just off the top of my head. Well, and I mean, it's a safe bet, right, just from an entertainment value perspective, and, and we're all like chaos goblins, and, and you love when, like, goofy things go wrong. Like, the odds that it's going to be, there's like a, what a we'll call it a, a 1 in 15 chance because, you know, we are fans of two teams um, out of 30. So there's a 1 in 15 chance it's going to ruin your team's season. If this happens, mm-hmm. like right. that's not like great. I mean, I wouldn't take those odds against anything important because I'm slightly superstitious about baseball. But the odds that this is going to harm either of our teams in some catastrophic way is like extremely tiny. So weight against the entertainment value of like watching someone freak out and then we get another one of those like three act play meltdowns like we saw last year with <laughs> you know the gum and the sunflower seeds and like absolutely one of the greatest like fight slash tantrums that I've ever seen. That was so like, great. <laughs> the chances that we get something like that in some game that we have no dog in the fight in is a lot higher than that it ruins the season of either of our teams. So like bring it. I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> Clown show. Here we go. <laughs> Irby, how about you? Anything with the rules we haven't talked about you want to toss in there? No, no, no. I, the chaos stuff, I'm excited. I, I'm excited early in the season to see a uh, first base umpire who completely forgets he's supposed to be uh, counting how many times there's been a pickoff. Or, wait, I thought you were counting that. No, I'm not counting that. And who's counting what? And I, you know, we've got a crop of young umpires who are probably going to be just fine with these changes. And a lot of them did it in the minors. So they're going to be just fine. And then, as you mentioned, though, we still have Angel Hernandez out there. So, yeah. Ooh, Go ahead and add to that parlay. That's, right, that's, that's the fourth piece right there. Angel Hernandez. Yeah, that's the fourth piece of the parlay. Wait, like, is like, Chris Sale coming back? Chris Sale's going to be back, right? Ooh, I As long as he doesn't punch something. Okay, I would like to parlay Angel Hernandez, Chris Sale, and Bryce Alcliffe in this. On a Friday the 13th, it's going to happen. <laughs> With a full moon. Oh, yeah. With a full moon, yes. <laughs> Maybe one of those blood moons like in 04 when the Red Sox won the series and it freaked me the hell out to look up and the moon was red. <laughs> I was in college painting. <laughs> painting an office building. I just had to look up and the thing was red. Oh, boy. I'm going to have nightmares tonight. Okay. <laughs> 
Every time you mention that to me, I get like weird chills. Like, <gasps> like I feel like I need to check it and see what's outside my window. I'm telling <laughs> you, I'm really telling freaks you. me out. You know, it's I am creepy. not. I am not one that believes in curses, but I really do think that curse of the Bambino was actually real. <laughs> hey, hey, guys! Uh, on the curses stuff, we need to be careful. Um, there is a Friday the Thirteenth this year. It's in October. Ooh. Yeah, that's nice. <laughs> I know, right? Oh, yeah. We gotta be careful with that because all of a sudden that one in fifteen odds turns into like one in eight. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it gets a little bit worse. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't have my lunar calendar in front of me, but I'm gonna go ahead and assume that's a full moon night, and this is gonna be wow. That's gonna be a fun night. Go ahead and mark your calendar, folks. Friday, October thirteenth. It's gonna hit the fan. Oh boy! All right. Well, let's uh, let's hop into that time capsule uh, for this week. Now, I really hope that you guys are wearing your neon because we're going back into the age of all things neon and parachute pants. That's right. We're going back to the eighties. Uh, so, the Chicago Bears have won a combined nine NFL championships, but only one Super Bowl. And they won that in 1986. It was the 1985-1986 season. The Super Bowl shuffle. Samantha, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I think that was the first time we actually had a song and a dance routine attached to a Super Bowl team. As far as I know, yes. <laughs> um, or at least, I think it's, it, it, if nothing else, it would be the first time we had one that was written ahead of time, as opposed to someone writing a commemorative song after the fact. I believe that is correct. <laughs> Okay, so the million dollar question uh, for you guys: Who did the Bears beat in Super Bowl Twenty? The awesome uniformed Patriots of New England. Ooh, you're right. That's right. <laughs> Love those uniforms. <laughs> uh, baseball should be relatively easy because the 1986 World Series had quite the drama. Also, in Game Six, there's something about Game Sixes. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, do you want us to just say it? Just say it. Okay, so this is the Mets. Mets over? Obviously, over the, the Red Sox. So. <laughs> it gets poor, poor, poor Bill Buckner. <laughs> I did try. To... Living infamy forever, poor guy. <laughs> I did try to find that audio. Uh, you know, it gets by Buckner, but I couldn't, I couldn't quite get it in time for the show. Uh, so, how about basketball? What are we doing with the NBA here? Uh, NBA Finals. There was a surprise I, team in the finals in 1986. So, was it Boston or LA? No, it's Boston. It's Boston, okay. Yeah. I but then the surprise figure is... out who they be. Um, this is before the Pistons. No, the Pistons would have been the same as Boston. Um. Ooh, Western Conference. Yeah, yeah Celtics so won this, this in six games. Yeah, and it's not the Lakers because you said there's a surprise team. Right. So, um, uh, Samantha, I'll be honest with you. When I saw this, I was like, I don't remember that, but okay. Okay. I don't think I'm going to know either because I'm like, I'm just going through. I'm like, they're like Antonio, a Houston, like I'm guessing. I don't know. I, yeah, can you give us a player maybe or something? We could probably figure it out if you gave us a player. Sure can. Just give me a second to 
out down in here. Okay. Yeah, the, and the Celtics won, so we've got that half of it, right. but we're looking for who lost. All right. So, uh, okay. So, this is how the, the team from the West shocked those Lakers in Game 5 of the Western Conference Finals with, let's see. They did it in five. Wow. Yeah. It, it, they, they clinch it on a turnaround circus shot by Ralph Sampson. Oh, Houston. Houston Rockets. Houston? Oh, it is yeah. Houston. Okay. Yeah. What a, was Hakeem already on the team at that time? Yeah. Yeah. Hakeem would have been there. Yeah. Sweet. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So the, the Rockets beat the Lakers in five and then lost to the Celtics in six. So we've got football, we got baseball, we got basketball. That leaves hockey, Irby. I, I mean, what, Canadians or Oilers, right? One of those? Yeah, you, or, got, you got half cool. of them. You, you got the Stanley Cup champion there, the Canadians. They won it um, four games to one over this team. Samantha, you, you have a guess here? Um, Are they from Canada or America? The, the challenger was another Canadian team. Oh, okay. Well, that narrows down. Um, yeah. I don't know if anyone's here right here. I don't know anything about hockey, so I'm just guessing. But sometimes I guess. <laughs> I don't actually know. I don't follow hockey. I've never followed hockey. There was, like, one year where I think I paid a lot of attention to the Penguins. <laughs> my, my husband kind of follows it. But, like, um, I think it was the year I met him. I was like, hey, this is something you should know about. Like, And then I was like, yeah, I don't care about this um, so um i'm so okay it's not the penguins so i'm out uh, but canadian team i i would just be guessing i don't know let let Irby take an educated guess before i just start shouting the names of canadian <laughs> i oh, i'm thinking that no it's not so it wouldn't have been edmonton nope. it couldn't have been couldn't have been Toronto. Is it Ottawa? It is not Ottawa. Okay. Then it's Calgary. It's Calgary. Calgary Flames. Yeah. Back when Canadian that, teams won the Stanley is Cup. Is that still a team? Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. Really? Montreal, Interesting. Montreal won that Stanley Cup four games to one over those Calgary, Calgary Flames. I can't even say it. Calgary Flames. Okay, uh, Irby, this was a World Cup year. You want to take a shot at that one? Samantha, what do you got on that one as well? World Cup. I would be guessing. That's okay. Um, is it one of the usual suspects? It is. Oh, yeah. This is, uh, this is, no, 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 this is mega drama. 86, this is mega, mega drama. Like, like uh, it's worse than the, the uh, baseball. This Grand is hand of God, game. isn't it? And a God. No, uh, Diego Maradona for Argentina. Correct. That was the only one left that I had not guessed. Yeah. <laughs> hey, and they won it again finally. Yeah, this well, was there's the... There's four that if you don't know a World Cup, you just guess one of those four. That's the other yeah. one. That's okay. Right. That's <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, they beat... Didn't they... They beat Germany. So... Okay. Yeah, that's your guesses. Brazil, Argentina, France, Germany. Yeah. You can't go wrong. <laughs> yeah, so, yes, in, in, in 1986, uh, Argentina beat West Germany, actually, Irby, not Germany, West Germany, 3-2. to two. 
that's the but that's the one that remained Germany, right? It's East Germany went away. Okay, that's yeah. Right. <laughs> They're all one Germany now, so they both went away technically and just became Germany. <laughs> oh, yeah, we're pre Berlin Wall here, aren't we? Okay. This yeah. Pre Berlin yeah. Wall, yeah. Oh. Yes. Okay. Well, there you go. Uh, yeah, that did look weird. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, that did look weird. All right, so so, it's some, so other, weird. some other sports fun. Uh, the the 1986 NCAA tournament was Cinderella City. In all, only seven of the top 16 seeds made it to the Sweet 16. Louisville was a two seed, and they beat number one seeded Duke in the final. 1986. So that's fun. Also, like, yeah, see, it, it's always interesting to me how little this stuff changes because those are <laughs> perpetual hangarounds. <laughs> like, <laughs> Jack, uh, we need a new shock value does not move up at all with that one. Yeah, no, we need a new <laughs> basketball powerhouse. Saint the Saint Peter's Peacocks. <laughs> Jack Nicholas won the Masters in 1986. Uh, 1986 was also the year that we had the first. Pitcher record 20 strikeouts in one game. That was, of course, one Roger Clemens for the Red Sox. That was matched by Kerry Wood as he, when he was a member of the Cubs facing uh, those Astros before they found cameras in the outfield. And while they were, were they still in the American League when that happened? The Astros? The Astros were or, I'm sorry, the, I'm yeah. sorry, the oh, National actually, League. Yeah, they would have yeah. been the National League team then, right? Yeah, yeah. they were the National League Central. Uh, here, here's a fun with Irby. Rookie goaltender. Patrick Waugh led the, led the wow. uh, Canadians to that five-game victory against Calgary in the Stanley yeah. Cup Finals. 20 yeah, he spent old. a good chunk of his good chunk of his career in Montreal. Wow, nice. 20 years old in 1986. Okay, you guys want to do movies or songs next? I'm going to struggle either way. <laughs> um, <laughs> I do a little better in movie. movies. Because, yeah, like, I think I can do a little bit better. Like, you gave us a hint, I think. I'm hoping the opening audio was a hint. Yeah, I was saying, Bo, that the opening audio was a hint, right? This would be the number one movie this year. Am I right about that? Wait, but it might be in the music, too, does, right? Does, 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 does that sound it, like something I would do? Yeah. Stop. Put a hint. <laughs> of course it was a hint. All right, let's start with the movies, which I think you guys know number one, 1986. Oh, why wow, was number one? I would think so. Yeah. I just don't know what else is. <laughs> what else is there? I, um, yeah, I, I have a bad feeling we're gonna have a hard time with this, but I know that one. Oh, uh-huh. that's a good one. Yeah. So. All right. I, know, so. I think I, I have one other one that I'm like pretty sure about. <laughs> but after that, it's gonna get tough. There, there's some interesting films in here. I'm not going to lie to you. There's some interesting films. Uh, but as, as we even alluded to, and the opening audio does say, uh, you know, Top Gun was the number one grossing film of 1986. Uh, let's see. You've got a very cult, like very cult classic popular film at 10. Um, let's see. What's another hint I can give you? It's not going to give it away. Well, don't, don't give us any hints. This yeah. is the well, this is the time of like um the the Molly Ringwalls and the um my gosh what was his name he was in last week uh, Matthew Broderick movies and um <laughs> who else oh golly 
Like, it wasn't all those, the little high school, where they're all, like, 22, 24 years old playing high school students. Yeah, that's got to be around. I mean, that's definitely mid-80s, right? So, definitely some of them. I mean, I was going to go in a different direction. I was like, I have one that I think I can knock out. Is this Karate Kid 2? It is Karate Kid Is that on the list? Yes. Okay. I only know that because of the music, because of the Peter Cetera song, which may not be in the music list. I'll find out. But (laughs) I do know because I used to tape videos with my VCR off of MTV. I started doing this when I was, like, four. Um... See, and I think I have that video, and they would tell you the year um, in the little caption at the beginning and the end of the video. So and I remember that it was 1986. See, I'm glad you did that because kids today don't don't actually believe us when we tell them that there was actually music on music television at some point. Yeah, they they literally did. Yep. There was a half an hour a day where they would put on remote control that game show, which was fantastic, by the way. And like a half an hour a day, they would do music news, and then the rest of it was just videos. Like seriously, guys, they really did play videos like all day long. That was all they did. And I sat in front of it, starting at age four, and videotaped. <laughs> and then I watched the videotapes over and over and over. <laughs> Good stuff. <laughs> Pretty sure I still own the videotapes. I have nothing to play them on, but I do still own them. The Karate Kid, by the way, checks in at number three. So you have number one and, and number three so far. You need two and then four through ten. That's... The, the ones I was guessing, I don't, I feel like we, when we did this before, we already had the breakfast club, so it's not yeah. that, so it's going to be um, 16 candles. Yeah, or pretty in pink. Although or pretty I in pink, one I don't of those know, two. I can only isolate those to like this general time. But the one that you're, you're talking, both of their. Pretty in pink. Was, yeah, go ahead. Pretty in pink was number 22. Ugh. Oh, okay, okay. Um. 86. So then this would, all right, so this is your. You said cult classic? Is that what you said? It's a cult that's classic. Probably, that's probably Ferris Bueller. Yes, thank you. I was about to say, yeah. you mentioned one of the actors, the actor of Ferris Bueller's Day Off, one Ferris Bueller himself. Good Next stuff. Number 10. All right. Wow. Bueller's Day Off. Yeah, number 10. I'm yeah. shocked by that. Oh, okay. I was going <sighs> to stand by me. Ooh, good guess. Good guess. That was number 13. Oh, rats. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, honestly, like, like when you get past number 10 is when you really get to the movies that, like, really gained a following. <laughs> but, yeah, it's, it's, it, it might so, be, it's not as bad as, 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 as uh, 1998, but it's close. I'm going to hope I'm guessing in there. If you, you got us one and three, is, is, is the original Lethal Weapon? I think that's earlier, isn't it? It is, is earlier, it? yeah. Let me look and see if the uh, second one was in here, but that is not top ten, no. Oh. Okay, okay so we have one, three, and ten. This is going to be rough. <laughs> I played the I, I can start giving you some hints. Give, give me an actor or a hint or, yeah. Okay. Yeah, we, right, we're so going to need some hints here. Right. So number five is uh, quite the horror film. Um, oh. Let's see. Man, now I'm, I'm, is it part of a like Freddy or Jason or it, one of those? It's not. It, it is not. But it did oh. make a name for one Sigourney Weaver. Oh, um, Alien. Aliens. There we go. That wasn't horror. The original one was. That was pure action. Sorry, I'm just. That was <laughs> Wait, just is this the, the original. This is the original one, right? The no, no. The original is Alien. 
No, oh, Aliens, yeah, the original, that was yeah, like yeah. 19, that was in 1979, 1980, because there was a good, I, that's surprising, this much of a lull. Yeah, this is the one with Bill Paxton and Paul Reiser and the Marines show up and they're just killing aliens like it's nothing. Wait, 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 wait. So the sequel to Alien is called Aliens? Yeah, guess what the third movie's called? Alien to the third. Two S's? Yeah. No. No, it's going to have the the apostrophe after the S. The possessed aliens. Aliens. No, this is... This is another one of my. Uh, I, I always love this. With uh, Michael Bean is the character who she, her, whatever love interest, and they're killing together. He dies in so many movies; it's incredible. Like that's what he was so good at in the eighties and the nineties. Is his character dying? No clue who this is. You'd recognize the face. I mean, Terminators. He was in The Rock. I mean, I, I could go on for. A while with him, but it's always his character. And Bo, I know you're known it too. And you just head like the guy just dies all the time. <laughs> there was a lot of those in the '80s. It was a very yeah. bloody decade. It was. <laughs> Does that help us with any of these others? Because that was not really, not really. Okay, let's try. <laughs> let's try, let's work on number two here. Um, number two, like, like the best way I could put it is, it's it takes place. I think in the land down under, it is. It is. It's. It's about an Australian dude. Oh, Crocodile Dundee. There we go. There's number two. Yeah. All right. So we have one through three. That's not a noise. This is a noise. <laughs> Sorry. All right. N- number four. I want to see if you guys can get this. Number four. The main character is a stand-up comedian turned actor from the '80s. Did a lot of '80s movies. Not Eddie Murphy. I don't, can't remember if he was on Saturday Night Live at all. But this is one of those 80s, like, old-school comedian guys. That does not narrow it down. Like Chevy Chase? Nice. Just described, like, 300 movies. Yeah, that's a good point <laughs> I did. Um, oh, oh, this has Robert Downey Jr. in it. Less than zero? No. <laughs> this is Robert Downey Jr. while he was still uh, doing some questionable behavior. About a rap sheet? Yeah. Or during the- <laughs> yeah, this is. I think this is right before, actually. Oh, no, yeah. no, 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 no. This comedian always complained he never got any respect. <laughs> Rodney Dangerfield. It's like, okay. Yeah, right. I don't know his movies well enough. I only know. Yeah, I only know like. I'm actually a little surprised that Back to School is number four in 1986. I didn't expect it to be that high. But I've never even heard of this movie. Like, okay. never heard of it. It's, it's actually one of my favorite Rodney Nature films. We'll talk about it later. All right. So we have no, one, thank you. We have one, <laughs> have one through five. All right. Uh, okay. Uh, number seven is a sci-fi. Um, was not, Star Wars is all done. Right. This is the fourth in this series. Uh, it started off as a television show, sci-fi fun. No, this the other one. Star Trek. Star, I've, yeah. Star Trek. I've never seen any of these, so I'm not going to know which one it is. But. <laughs> it, it's Star Trek Four: The Voyage Home is number seven. Sure. Good for that. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Number eight stars Danny DeVito and Bette Midler. 
Danny DeVito plays this really squirrely, squeezely little business guy. Ben I, uh, I, I have like a vague recollection of like this existing, but I don't think I've seen the movie. I can't remember what it's called. I'll probably know it if you say it, but I haven't seen that. But I, the, the existence of this is at least known to me. <laughs> Judge Reinhold's also in it. Oh, Neil. Yeah. Well, Neil Everybody got a guess? I know, because I'm thinking fast times, but that's obviously not there because Danny wasn't in that. Another was bad. So, no. a little surprised at this one. I thought this, this was more of a fringe film that I just happened to like, kind of like a guilty pleasure, like 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 uh, Major League Three, Back to the Myers is a guilty pleasure of mine. kind of thought that's what this was, but apparently not. Apparently everyone loved Ruthless People. Checks in at number eight. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, I've definitely heard of that. That's that's no yeah. sense to me. But I would have guessed the same as you. I would have thought that would be like, I don't know, number forty five or something. That was way ahead of and by me. That's and stuff very like, wow. weird to me. <laughs> All right. Um there's two more to get. We still gotta get number six and number nine. Number nine, I don't think I've seen, uh, but it stars Meryl Streep and Robert Redford. Um, sounds like something we should know, but I don't right? know. It's, it's, thank you. It does. I just, I just can't think. I just can't think I've ever seen this. Errol Street and Robert. Robert Redford. What yeah, kind of... I can't put them together. What? Yeah. What genre is this? It is a romantic Maybe. drama. Oh, no. oh, um, um, out of Africa. There you go. Look at yeah. You. Oh, based on a book. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Okay. 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 I read the book. I was about to say, I was like, wow, two big names like that. I was like, surely we could figure this one out. Yeah. Like, okay. I'm glad, I'm glad you got that. I was like, seriously, there was a movie with Meryl Streep and Robert Redford. We were like, yikes. <laughs> All right. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad you're, you're liking the, the movies from books because Ooh. the one we're missing is number six. It is also a Pulitzer Prize winning novel that is turned into a movie by one Steven Spielberg in 1985. Cast oh, includes um, Whoopi Goldberg, Danny yeah. Glover. Oh, I got the, the color, color. Yeah. yeah, which I also haven't seen. But I, I, Throw out Spielberg. Did Can we do more Spielbergs? Are there any more Spielbergs? Oh, that I would never have known, but I did know Pulitzer and Whoopi Goldberg. I could put that one together. I didn't know the Spielberg piece of it. It's good we're working as a team. <laughs> All right, so quick recap before we get to the music here. Top Gun was number one. Crocodile Dundee, number two. The Karate Kid, part two, checks in at number three. Back to School, number four. Aliens at five. The Color Purple was six. Star Trek, four. The Voyage Home was seven. Ruthless People at 8, Out of Africa was number 9, and number 10 was Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Some notable mentions. Uh, 1986 was also the year of Short Circuit. Wow. Oh, I think I like the second one better than the first one. I agree. Uh, Rocky IV was in 1986. Uh, Samantha, this one's for you. The Money Pit was in 1986. Two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Such um, a realistic movie, weirdly. Um, <laughs> and I'm sure we all remember Fievel in an American Tale. That was also a 1986. That movie is nice. But said there. <laughs> there's our, there's our animated. Some other fun ones. Now, I know you. before time. So traumatized by that. 
I know you guys haven't. I, I know. I know that you, know, you guys really haven't seen this, but Wildcats, one of my personal favorites, is number thirty-seven. Spies like us at forty. Iron Eagle at forty-one. Three Amigos at forty-two. And a surprising forty-seventh. This has to be. I, I actually you no, know, I can't because it was released on July third, nineteen eighty-six. Back to the Future, all the way down at forty-seven. Wow, that is crazy. Well, that's yeah. That was released. That was an eighty-five movie. Oh, was it? Oh. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh. Okay. That was our because that, that was number one in eighty-five. Was it? Okay. Oh, yeah. okay. 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 That's actually impressive. Okay. That, that that makes... I was about to be like, what happened here? Okay. <laughs> um. Me? Me too. All right. Let's try some music, shall we? I think we shall. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's see. Uh, well, um, it's, got, it's got one member that I would refer, like probably the first time I've seen something re- like resembling a hairband at number eight. Uh, Samantha, one of your favorites is at number two. Okay. No. Wait, can I just make my guess yeah. first? Yeah, can we that's guess right. first? Um, so that, um, I so wait, is the, <laughs> yeah, the, okay, so what's, what's the Karate Kid song? Peter Cetera, Glory of Love. Glory of Love. Top 10. That yeah. was number 14. Oh, Dang it. Peter, Peter, Peter's <laughs> better than that. Jeez, man. Okay. So, and is there any Kenny Loggins? Do we have any Kenny Loggins? Those are my two guesses, too. <laughs> Not in the top ten. Uh... No? Oh, man. Guys, I'm a huge Kenny Loggins fan, mostly in an ironic way. Like, I want to go to one of those Yacht Rock review things that they have now, because I heard they play Kenny Loggins. I'm very excited about it. Yeah, Kenny Loggins. anyone been to one of those? Wow. Oh. Wow. Okay, so... Uh... Not to rain on your parade, but uh, Kenny Loggins first checks in at number 42 with Danger Zone. Jeez. Oh, People had no taste in 1986. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, they did not. <laughs> they were, oh. yeah, that's true. And they were also wearing neon and hammer pants. Oh, no, I guess hammer pants come later, but yeah, neon, <laughs> perms, stonewash. Yeah, we should have known better. <laughs> yes, yeah. So there's a lot of there's a lot of soft '80s in the, in 1986. That, that's, okay, that's, that's the best way. I can that was the soft <laughs> Okay, how about is there any Whitney Houston? There I feel is. Like this there, is, is. there was a Whitney Houston. Okay, yes. so Good is job. it? So it's really for I want to dance with somebody. I think. So what about how will I know? How will I know is number six, Whitney Houston. Is there another one by any chance? Uh, she checks it back into the list at number eleven. Oh, rats. Okay. I was hoping to knock out two with that. Oh, well. Hey, you mentioned uh, from Back to the Future. We got any other Huey Lewis in here? <gasps> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Back in Time would be the big one. That's in so that the, was probably 85. In the movie. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's it's literally in the movie. So, um, since, yeah. Huey uh, Lewis is not in the top ten. Uh, Again, st- terrible taste. Stuck with you is number twenty-one in nineteen eighty-six. Oh, oh my gosh, people have the worst taste. By the way, that is the Ooh. best music video ever made. Huey Lewis, stuck with you. I will die on that hill. Best music video that's ever been made. Especially if they show you the extended cut, where there's like three minutes of like miniature movie before they even start the song. Incredible. <laughs> Highly recommend. Look it up on YouTube. I don't actually know if it's there, but you should look it up anyway. <laughs> See if it's there. 
<laughs> incredible miniature art film. Uh, <laughs> okay, I don't know. I don't know. Give me a hint. Wait, you said that one of my favorites is at number two? Is it the artist or the song? The artist. Is the artist in general? The yeah. artist in general. Okay. Yeah. Um, is this like a band or like a solo, solo artist? Solo artist. Is it a boy or a girl? Probably a boy. It's a dude. Okay. A dude. Are you a Stevie Wonder fan? <laughs> yes, I do like, well, I like some Stevie. No, no, generally. Yeah, no, I would say yes, I am a Stevie Wonder fan. Although I don't think he has anything right around. It's not Stevie Wonder, is it? No, no. But, okay. But, <laughs> is it Billy Ocean? It is not Billy Ocean, no. Is it Prince? It's not Prince. Is it Lionel Richie? It is Lionel Richie. Okay, Ooh. So I've got to guess this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was the end of the list. Oh, that was the last one maybe I could think a, of that met the criteria. Maybe not as favorite as I period. thought. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, I do. I love Lionel Richie. I, just, I have many, many, in the top four. I have many music favorites, but I, I do like Lionel Richie, yes. Um, okay, so let's see. Is this Hello? Uh, no. Is it Dancing on the Ceiling? No. Penny Lover? Nope. Say you say me. That's it. All say night you. long. There oh. you go. Say you okay. say me is number two. Okay. Did we get one? We didn't get one yet, did we? No. Okay. No. All right. So we got what? We got two. We got five. Did you say we got five? Two, five, and you, you've got. Two, you've is got, that it? Yeah, you've got number two and number six. Number two was Lionel Richie. Number six. We're punching the uh, teens and twenties. <laughs> Well. We're doing so bad. We have so, Irby, Irby I, I will tell you this, that the number one song of 1986 was a collaboration of many well-known artists, and you named one of them there was Stevie Wonder. Oh, 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 I know what oh, this baby. is. I know what this is. I hate this song. This was the class song picked by my senior high school class. Oh, no. You know, like many years later. Terrible song, terrible, terrible song. That's what friends are for. So that's they really Stevie Wonder, Elton John, Dionne Warwick, and someone else. Gladys Knight. Some other people. Gladys Knight. I'm kidding. All right, wouldn't have got that. Okay. Yep. <laughs> but apparently, in 1986, it was the jam because it was number one. It was also the jam much, much later. Oh. Apparently, um, <laughs> I, I was. So depressed when that won the vote. Let me tell you, I took this stuff super seriously when I was in high school, and it was deeply upsetting. Was it that version? Because that's been done multiple yeah. times, right? No, no, okay. it was the original. Yeah, I mean, actually, I don't know that if that's been remade. I don't know of any remakes of it, but no, this would have been the original version. Um, <laughs> ugh. Ugh. See, okay, no, this has done nothing to improve my opinion of the taste of people in 1986. <laughs> This is so bad. All right, what else you got for us? All right, number three. Um, it is a all-female pop and R&B band in 1986. <laughs> Those existed in 1986? Yeah. Yes. Apparently we're popular-ish. Is this a Motown holdover? I don't think so. Uh, let me look. Uh-oh. Does it involve Donna Summer? It does not involve Donna Summer, no. Well, that's disappointing. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um. Now, um, the band's the band's song or the band's uh, name uh, is very G now, but back then, back in '86, I don't know how that would have flown over in the Bible Belt. 
Wow. I have literally no idea. Let's make bad ideas. Maybe, maybe we know her, but like, I mean, say, I'm just start guessing words, like something that you wouldn't have to. No, no, up, no, don't, don't, don't guess words. What did he just say? Don't guess words. <laughs> don't guess. That's fine. All right. <laughs> number, number three was number three uh, was "I Miss You" by Climax. What is that? I don't know what that is. Ooh. Climax. I don't. I don't. XX. What is the song? I don't know the song. I don't know its artist. It's so weird. All right. Another thing to look up later. All right. So number four was a duet. Would you like me to give you one half of that duet? Yes. How about both halves? I'm not going to give you both halves. Uh, uh, the the female artist is Patty LaBelle. And this is number four. Well, it doesn't exactly narrow it down. Uh, <laughs> she did a lot of these. Um, I'm hoping it was one of the really obvious ones, like the... Uh, what's the uh, love lift us up where we belong? Is that even the name of the song? You know the one I mean. Right? I know the one. Yeah, I don't. Exactly I don't know if that's yeah. even the title, but that's. I didn't not know she was on that. Bell. Interesting. It's not. No, she's not. That's why I eliminated it. That's oh. not her. Uh, um, well, I'm still singing that now. <laughs> the Eagles. Fly. Oh, it's the Super Bowl song. Uh. <laughs> the Eagles fly. Uh, it is okay. No, no, Irby, do you have a guess? No, I no. unfortunately Who's I don't. The other know, half is in duet. Yeah. Okay. Does that help? Michael McDonald. I doubt it. Michael McDonald is the other <laughs> half of the of the duet. He did some weird stuff when he left the Eagles. Um, uh, Eagles again. Wow, there's just Eagles all over the place here. Um, I don't have any idea what this song is. I really don't know. Number four is "On My Own" by Patti Labelle and Michael McDonald. Good for them. Don't think I know that one either, but yeah, good for them. That's great. <laughs> uh, okay, number five. Uh, it's listed as a rock song, but it always came across to me as really sappy, sappy yuck. Um, it's from a rock band in the in, in the in the eighties uh, that ha- that basically their name is two words, but they mean the same thing yet they're spelled differently. One is the abbreviation. One is the full. Does it help at all? Oh my gosh, yes. Yes, that does help. Mr. Mister. Mr. Mister. Oh. All right, what sappy song did they have in 1986? I only know Broken Wings. Is that what you're looking for? That is exactly what I'm looking for. (laughs) Okay, good, because that's the only song that I know. Alright, you already have number six uh, with Whitney Houston and How Will I Know. Number seven is interesting, and I don't know if you guys are going to get this. There's no way in hell I would have been able to get this. Uh, so, I, 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 I really only have one hint because I've never heard this song. I did not know he did this. Um, but, apparently, Will Smith was not the first actor-comedian to record an album. Uh, this stand-up comedian, who was a big Saturday Night Live guy in, in, 19, in the 1980s, uh, released apparently a song that I've never heard that checks in at number seven. God, please it, don't tell me it's Rodney Dangerfield. It's not. <laughs> is it Chuck okay. Hayes? 
Because it, I will tell you a funny story. Is, is it, it wait? Is it Chevy Chase? It's not Chevy Chase. No. Okay, because I, that's what I thought. But I will oh, tell you a very brief story that is funny about Chevy Chase, and this relates to the video because you remember the video for "You Can Call Me Al." Yes. The yeah. Paul Simon song, and Chevy Chase was in it. And so, until I was about eighteen, I thought that was Art Garfunkel. <laughs> <laughs> I think my dad finally thought later to me. It was like way, 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 way later. But I spent like my entire childhood thinking that was Art Garfunkel <laughs> because he was in a video with Paul Simon. I don't believe Art Garfunkel was even on that song. But anyway, um, okay, so not Chevy Chase. So would this um, been anything related to Ackroyd and Blues Brothers? No, I wish oh. it was. Oh, God. Oh. I'm running out of people though. Okay, so Saturday Night Live comedian. Who's left? Bill Murray. I can't be Bill Murray. Um, no. Eddie Murphy. Yes. I don't know. Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy? Eddie Murphy has a song? Yeah. <laughs> I was guessing people. Wow. Eddie, yeah, I was not aware of this. Is this connected to a movie? I hope what so. Is that? I hope so. Eddie uh, Murphy? There's more stuff I got to look up later. Right. Okay. Oh, okay. Here you go. Uh, this song is called Party All the Time. <laughs> sure. It is, it, is a, okay. yeah. it is a song by comedian and actor Eddie Murphy, written and produced by Rick James. It was the lead single from Murphy's. I did not know about this. Lead single from Murphy's 1985 debut musical album called "How Could It Be." It reached number two. I, that's a great name for the album, <laughs> right? It reached <laughs> it reached number two on the Billboard Hot 100 for three weeks. Behind "Say You Say Me" by Lionel Richie. Thank goodness for I'm I'm done with this year. Hey, what the? What? <laughs> hey, wow. Okay, like, yeah, this is what the problem with these like early '80s ones, like because we were like not old enough to actually have been like listening to and registering this stuff very well. That if the stuff didn't stand the test of time, we never even heard. <laughs> Although I believe there was something in the late '90s that we'd also never heard of. Can you can you do that as the intro song next week, Bo? Some party all the time. Yeah, party yeah. Maybe you can find that. <laughs> so, oh, by the way, update from last week. Um, slight sidebar. Remember the Usher song that we couldn't find? Yes. Like, oh yeah. Oh, I definitely know that. Like. Mostly because I remember sitting on the floor of a frat house next to someone who was very drunk and singing it and getting all the words wrong. Wow. Uh, I was like, oh, I do know this. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a lot of the parties I went to in college. Uh, it started with, it's the one that starts with like, it's seven o'clock and my, I'm in my drop top or whatever it is. You know, do you guys know, does this sound familiar to you? Because he was, this kid was sitting on the floor. Like, I don't know why this stuck in my hat. <laughs> More than, like, other dumb things that happen at other frat houses. But, like, I just remember this kid sitting on the floor and trying to sing it. Being, like, it's 7.30 on a Saturday. And you're, like, that's not right. I don't think that that's, that's right. Uh, but, anyway, never knew that was Nice and Slow by Usher. But definitely knew the song. So, see, we do, we do follow-up research sometimes. Uh. You know, I, I do wonder, because uh, we got to get 8, 9, and 10 here. Um, <laughs> We've gotten up. <laughs> How many have we actually gotten? Like two? Two or three. You've gotten a couple, yeah. Yeah, there's been a couple. Uh, no, I'm just wondering how the egos for 8, 9, and 10 are knowing Eddie Murphy checked in at 7. 
with music instead of yeah. comedy. Uh, uh, that is okay. awkward. Um, All right, so number eight, uh, you might, you guys might be able to get this. So no, number eight uh, is it's from a band that's on a lot. It's in a lot of movies about uh, like like the hit like the the hype up type song, type of pipe rock. Um, kind of a hair band, but not really lumped in with Motley Crue and Poison. Um, this particular They're song. This particular song was in Rocky Four. Like I said. Oh, uh, Burning Heart. Boom. Burning Heart. Yeah. Who is the artist? I don't know. It was in Rocky Four. I know that. Burning Heart <laughs> by Survivor. It's number eight. Survivor, who also. Just by Survivor. I don't sure know. thing. <laughs> Absolutely. Totally agree. I totally agree. <laughs> uh, all right. Number nine. <laughs> Do I get half credit for a movie there? Is that kind of a movie point, not a music point? Not really. I, but he knew the name of the song. Okay. You half credit. And the movie. I, no, I don't even want a point for the music. Oh, I want a movie point. 75% credit. I mean, wish we need help here. <laughs> All right. This is where we need a call in line, right? Which I know we, we don't do. Want. We would deeply regret it, but like if somebody, if this were a live show, I would expect people in the comments to be freaking out right now. <laughs> Someone out there knows this. That's straight because because that movie wouldn't have been. It wouldn't have been out. No, the movie came out the year before. I don't know. Update from a month ago. The last time this came out, still haven't seen a Rocky film. Ever. Yeah, you should really because there was no Rocky film this year. No, in I'm not going to watch one because mm-hmm. it's way more fun listening to people freak out about the fact that I've never seen one than it could ever be to watch it. That's valid. I'll give you that. Which is why I'm never going to watch one. I'll give you that. Ooh, bull! I might have one of the last ones. What? All right, what do you have? Now that I'm on movie, um, um, take my breath away. No. Oh. Nah. Damn it! Oh man! Are you kidding me? <laughs> take <laughs> I even know the. I could have given the artist for that one. Oh. Take my breath. By the way, twenty-seven. What the crack? Okay, again, no taste because if you have not listened to it in its entirety, Top Gun, not the greatest movie ever, right? Very entertaining. We all like it, but not the greatest movie ever. Definitely the greatest soundtrack to a movie ever. Yeah, hundred percent. Apparently, I will fight anyone who disagrees. Instead of top ten, Samantha, we should have told them, "Hey, let's let, let us guess twenty through twenty-nine, because haven't we got like three of those?" Pretty much, no, right? Or I could <laughs> recite the whole Top Gun soundtrack. Right? I won't say it. I was just gonna say the titles, but yeah, like, oh man. I even felt good about that. If we've gotten like everything that's between twenty and thirty, but nothing between one and ten, do we get a point for that? A part of a point? Yeah. A tenth of a point. Like ten of the top fifty and none of the top ten. <laughs> <laughs> we know mediocrity very well. Clearly everyone else in the eighties just didn't like good music like we did. All right. Right. No, number number nine, Samantha, is also a Mr. Mr. song. You want to take a stab at it? No, because I already told you the only Mr. Mr. song that I know. <laughs> Irby, how about you? Do you do you know a second Mr. Mr. song? I know it's not Broken Wings. Was it in a movie? This is also one of those sappy-ass bullshit songs. It actually belongs in a movie like 16 Candles. It really does. Uh, number nine, Kyrie by Mr. Mister. That whole album. No sucks. idea what that is. 
That whole album was terrible, apparently, but everyone else liked it. Yeah. I didn't even know I, they had another song. Give up. Let All me. Right. Is number 10, like, from American Tales? Like, no. you're killing me, 80s. Uh, no, that, that would make we, sense. We have a prayer of getting that. That, that would make sense. No, let's let's think. Let's see. It, it, oh, it's, it's the Chicago Bears song. Is it that oh, song? The Super Bowl, because no, the 80s. No, 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 I'm doing the wrong Super Bowl shuffle. So, okay, number 10 is, is from, a, oh, he's a rock star, solo artist. Uh, this song was, was in a pretty big scene in the movie Cocktail. I have the cassette tape of that. I, I don't, does this have a, does it have a video? I don't know if did it, it have a video? I, it probably did. It was it was it was a pretty big song for this guy. Uh, it was I, it was in one of the like the 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 New York early New York bar scenes. Tom Cruise was singing along to it. Oh, oh! I think I know what this is. I, the reason I was asking about a video is because if I'm right, this is like a person who had these same girls in every video. It was all these girls who looked like models with slicked back hair and red lipstick, and that they would pretend right. to play instruments. Yeah, that sounds. Is it like Rob, Robert Palmer? Yeah, that's the right person. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you know the song? It probably addicted to love. Yeah, that is it. Number ten, addicted to love. <sighs> By oh, thank goodness we got something. Don't worry, I'm not going to go back and recap that awful top ten. Uh, no. So, so notable. Oh, it's about twenty through twenty nine because we've already got half of them. Yeah. <laughs> Some honorable mentions here. Uh, number fifteen was West End Girls by the Pet Shop Boys. Oh wow. Number, okay. number twenty was Higher Love by Steve Winwood. Oh, that would have been a good guess that we didn't guess. Okay. Yeah, right in our wheelhouse. 28 and 29 are right in my wheelhouse. Number 28 was Rock Me Amadeus by Falco. Yep. And 29 was Papa Don't Preach by Madonna. Fun fact, that's, there's somebody in my company that has some really awesome blackmail footage of me karaoke Papa Don't Preach after I had about 12 JMOs. Amazing. I need to see that. Uh, also, that, but that, I, I have it on my VHS tape, by the way. That video is on the VHS tape. <laughs> oh, boy. All right, These Dreams by Heart at number 33, Mad About You by Belinda Carlisle at number 36. Venus, oh, yeah. Venus by Bananarama. <sighs> Banana oh, Rama, my gosh. 38. That was my, that was my favorite song as a small child. You, you, you I was sing- really, really into that song. <laughs> you, you mentioned this one, Dancing on the Ceiling, Samantha, that, from Lionel Richie. That's number 39. Another outstanding video. Danger Zone again, 42 from Kenny Loggins. And uh, Manic Monday by the Bengals at 48. There's some really good stuff in the top 50. They're just not yeah. in the top 10. <laughs> a lot of good songs, just none of them in the top 10. Wait, was there anything good in the top 10? I guess, you know, I don't hate that Robert Palmer song. It's not that bad. Um, well, this, so say you Robert say Palmer me. And Lionel Richie, and then the yeah. rest was kind of garbage. Well, hold on. Until we listen to, what was it, Party All the Time? By Eddie. I mean, I mean, you're right. You're right. I will withhold judgment until I've heard that. You know, it's been could be good. Could be it's, good. It's been nearly 40 years. Probably about time we see how that one went. <laughs> I don't know what that one climax is either. See, I gotta go look for these. See if I've missed out on something wonderful. Although based on what else was in the top ten, I suspect not. <laughs> All right. Uh, just some fun technological facts from 1986 to close this conversation out. 
Uh, January 19th, 1986, the first MS-DOS-based personal computer virus called Brain started to spread. April 3rd, IBM unveils the first laptop computer called the PC Convertible. 3D printing was developed by Charles Hur and just, you know, for you guys, because I know how much you enjoy their movies, Pixar was founded in 1986. Wow, they didn't really do much for, like, the next 12 years now, did they? Uh, no, they were all, it was all shorts. They, they were, they, no, they were, they were drawing all these movies. You know, it takes a long time. Yeah. To it took them 12 years to draw the <laughs> <laughs> uh, Some other fun things. Well, not fun. This isn't fun. April 26th, the Chernobyl disaster strikes the Ukraine. It puts the entire world on notice that accidents like that are awful and can happen. Um, that's about all I got here for 1986. I can't believe you're going to have a same twist or no. Well, the, the only, yeah. it's either that or the Space Shuttle Challenger, and I didn't want to bring that up, but now that you mentioned it. Yeah. I, <laughs> less people died in that one, Bo. Rate, review, and subscribe. Follow you Ah, let's go back and talk about the top movies in 1986. We're here to lift your mood. Okay, okay. Um, do you okay. want to talk about the top guns? I'll check. <laughs> February 19th, on a, on a happy note, February 19th, the Soviet Union launched the Mir space station. Oh, wow. Is that, wait, so that's the same one that's still operating today. This is the beginning of it. No, no, that was decommissioned when they, when they created the, when they put together the, um, Put together, make it like a puzzle. When they built the International Space Station, they retired Mir. Okay. Oh, right. Okay, good. So we retired okay, on its own. It didn't have spent. a fiery crash. Because everyone in space is friends, right? Like, you I mean, can, yeah. you're, you're like war on Earth, but in space, you're friends. That's cool. It's something about the stratosphere. Once you get outside of it, everything's cool. Space sounds pretty okay. <laughs> Oh, you know, it's too bad I don't have any of these really awful top ten songs uh, that I can close out with, but I don't. So uh, we're going to have to go with Ghostbusters again. I, I think you guys would be okay with that. I, I need it as a palate cleanser <laughs> after that top ten. <laughs> it was pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Whew. That's going to do it for us. We're out of here. Until next week. Do not download that top 10 from 1986. Unless you just really want to prank somebody and share it with them. Make them a mixtape from 1986. That'll really be a good prank. Don't forget to like and subscribe and leave us some reviews. If you want to hit us on Twitter, those handles are in the show summary. Until next week. I don't know. I, I, I guess just watch a little hockey. There's not a lot going on outside of the Pro Bowl. Strange in your neighborhood